Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey everyone, it's Janelle and I'm back checking in and it's spring break. I'm currently leaving Orlando, Florida and I'm about to board a cruise and for the Bahamas for the next few days. It's a four-day cruise and I don't want to talk too much about it right now just because I'll be doing like a recap episode on it later but I'll definitely share all the stories in that episode so y'all you'll know like what's going on hey guys welcome back to melanin and miles today we're going to continue our interviews around the world series where we interview other young black women who have either lived or studied in a new country for this series we have interviews set up with women who've been to almost every continent and this week we're talking to aman who studied in switzerland she's a graduating senior that attends hampton university and is a double major in political science and international studies last summer she did a study abroad program in switzerland for about a month and a half and welcome aman Thank you. I'm super happy to be here and talk with you guys. All right. So we want to start off the interview with just a few basic overview questions about your program and just why you chose to study abroad in general. So I guess that's my first question. Why did you study abroad? Just So I studied abroad in general because one for me, it just was something that I found to be really important. Like I really love to immerse myself in different cultures. And I think it's so important that you, excuse me, just step out of like this kind of Americanized like view of things and really get used to how other people do things. Because I think we get really sometimes kind of not brainwashed, but we expect everything to be done the American way, whatever that is. And so it's just important to go outside of the country and step outside of your comfort zone. And so for me, that's really what is what it's about. And I just love to travel. And so to be able to go to Europe of all places was just one of the best things I could have done. Yeah. And then. And what made you pick your location specifically? Like, why Switzerland? Yeah, so I chose Switzerland, not even because I thought I was going to choose Switzerland, but more so because <laughs> I thought I was going to go to France. And what I think is really cool is that France borders Switzerland. So I still got to go to France. I just wasn't there for studying abroad. Mm-hmm. But Switzerland kind of just fell on my radar because my mom's best friend sent me this program. And Switzerland was one of the few countries in Europe that I was actually kind of attracted to. And once I I read about the program and got to know a little bit more about it. I was like, okay, I'll still be speaking French. I'll get to live in a homestay. France borders it, Italy borders it, and Germany borders it. And so, and the program, like the time length 
was perfect. And so it just became more apparent that this was the country that I was going to go to. Okay. And so give us some more details about the program. Um, you said you had a homestay. What was the program called? Um, did you take classes, et cetera? Yeah, definitely. So I took three classes and got nine credits. So I took a multilateral diplomacy class, international studies and multilateral diplomacy class, a French class, and um, the research paper, I guess, kind of counted as a class. And that was because it took forever and was over 30 pages. But um, the program name was SIT, Study Abroad. And it was a super cool program. I loved it. I made some lifelong friends through that program. Uh, Yeah, like I said, each class was three credits. So I took it for the credits, not for pass-fail. And Hampton doesn't do pass-fail anyways. Mm -hmm. So it would have been cool if I could have gotten the GPA. But but I... um, I was grateful for the credits, honestly, because to have nine credits go towards your your degree is like something that not a lot of people get. (laughs) And also, why not? And for me, it was kind of like, so I needed extra credits for some reason because something that had gotten messed up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to go to some, like, why go to summer school when I could go abroad? Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people should consider is like, instead of going to summer school or if you want to get more camp, if you want to get more credits or whatever, you can find those credits abroad in a Mm -hmm. different country and you can get that experience and have the time of your life. So that's something to consider. Definitely, definitely. I, um, because I have a minor in Spanish, as most of you know, and <laughs> I finished that basically through my study abroad experience mm-hmm. freshman year, um, because I came in with transfer credit anyways. So studying abroad just that one summer, I was able to get all that out the way. So definitely consider it. Oh, did you have any scholarships? How did you pay? We know sco- uh, study abroad can be really expensive. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> study abroad, I'm not even gonna like hold. It really is expensive. Yeah. But through my program, luckily they have scholarships themselves, and there's also outside scholarships that can apply to whatever the tuition amount is. And so that shouldn't really hinder anybody because I luckily was blessed to get the full amount of the scholarship from them, but there was still some money that had to be paid, um, that had to be paid off. So I just um, took out some financial aid and then like paid it back, whatever. But essentially like it shouldn't be a hindrance. Like I think seeing the price can be like, it's not for me, (laughs) but then you realize there's all of this money that they have and they'll even give you a thousand dollars sometimes uh, specific programs if you register or apply within a certain time period. Mm-hmm. They'll just be like, here's a thousand dollar scholarship because you applied by April 1st or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's just important to realize that there's so much money for study abroad and they really want more HBCU students to study abroad because they don't really get a lot of HBCU students and a lot of the programs really mm-hmm. going out of the country. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely money out there for Black people specifically. So you can find it. If, yes. you, if you're interested, don't let the money stop you because there's definitely money out there for us. Okay, let's just transfer into some more questions about your actual time abroad, going into your best and worst times. First thing is, where are there any examples of cultural shock that you culture shock that you experienced, whether it's with food or people, whatever? Yeah, yeah. So people definitely. My program was a predominantly white program, and so I had not been around that many white people every day in a super long time. And so that was just um, an adjustment because you kind of have to code switch essentially because there's just certain things that they really, if I said, they wouldn't know what I was talking about. And so I was still myself completely. It was just more so like mindful of what they were saying and then just kind of really observing. It was interesting. That was one of the biggest culture shocks. And then food, not really. I think another culture shock I say would just be um, my homestay. So my homestay mom was honestly amazing. I love her and we are still in contact. But we would eat, dinner was like a two hour thing. So you always <laughs> eat dinner at the specific time every day of the week. 
except for on weekends. Like she would go out and I would go out and whatever. But dinner was like two hours. And after dinner, you eat dessert, you drink tea. Like it's a whole thing. Wine is at dinner every day. So that was just kind of like, whoa. Like, because you know, usually you don't really have, at this point in my life, like if I go home, I get dinner, go upstairs in my room and we're chilling. (laughs) But in Switzerland, it's a very like, sit down, talk. How was your day? Blah, blah, blah. Like, how are your friends? What are you doing tomorrow? What time are you coming back? Like, it's a whole thing. Okay. Um, so it was super, super interesting in that aspect. Was dinner like, uh, was it at normal din- dinner time or was it a weird time compared to like? It was, I was at like a normal time, like okay. right around, well, kind of, like around like five or six-ish. Okay, yeah, ish, But never at like eight or nine. Because like at okay. that point, actually, my host mom would be getting ready for bed. Oh, she okay. went to bed much earlier than like... Hmm. I would have expected. Okay. Yeah. It's been completely different. <laughs> completely different. And I was not used to eating dinner so late. Um, we would have, because lunch would normally be at like two o'clock or mm-hmm. three o'clock. And then dinner would be at like 10 p.m. Whoa. That's like an, that's an early dinner. Like that's, <laughs> that's and crazy. yeah. And like nightlife didn't start until like 2 a.m. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So completely different story <laughs> for me. But I guess speaking of nightlife. So what did you do for fun? Was there any like lit nightlife experiences in Switzerland? Um, yeah. I don't know, anything else? Yeah, <laughs> so um, me and the friends that I made, we would always go to like this one bar um, and have like the absolute time of our lives. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. <laughs> um, and the drinking age in Europe is like 16. So at that point, you're like four or five years over the drinking <laughs> age. And so it was just so much fun. We would go out, we would go to, I think, one night did we go to a club? I can't remember. But we were just out and like having so much fun. And we kind of just like made it fun ourselves. We went on a lot of like excursions though over the weekends. So we would go to different cities within Switzerland. So I went to, I think about six cities in Switzerland. And then I also was able to go to Paris. But with in terms of nightlife, it was just so much fun. Just like, I think just being in a different country is just fun within yeah. itself. So then like going out at night in a different That's country cool. is like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, turning up in a different yeah. country is like, oh, and it felt like the elevation was higher because I felt like I was a little intoxicated a little faster, but um, <laughs> it was just so much fun. And I really loved just being able to kind of like go out and come back when I wanted And mm-hmm. well, not that I can't do that kind of, but it wasn't <laughs> like safety was too much of an issue. Gotcha. So it wasn't like I was nervous, you know, walking back home, you know, like you weren't constantly like looking behind our backs because somebody was trying to hit on us or anything. Mm-hmm. We were just having fun and people were turning us up and it was phenomenal. So you would say it's definitely safer than the U.S., I guess. or you felt Yeah, like- I definitely <laughs> felt safe. I don't know. Like I wasn't really, I never felt unsafe while I was there. I don't like in the police, like there's police, but they're not, they're just chill. Like they were taking selfies with people. Like they're not, <laughs> they're not doing, doing really. much. Yeah. Like Switzerland, I say is like a luxury country, right? It's uh-huh. super clean, always punctual. Like if for them to be on, like they take that to a whole nother level. Like we would have to be like 15 to 20 minutes early. Okay. And that was okay. like, okay, you're here 15 to 20 minutes early. Kind of like whatever. <laughs> okay. So, and if you were late, they take that as serious disrespect. Ooh. So like they'll roll their eyes. They'll be very like snooty and catty. I remember my French teacher, this one girl was always late and she always came after her. Like she would always have a snide comment oh, wow. and tell her that she was cut to stuff like a catastrophe 
and just like, <laughs> because they just say that that's really disrespectful because you should not ever be late like anywhere during the week or anytime really. But like on the weekends, they're super chill and it's like relaxed and fun. Yeah. But like once it comes to like doing business, it's very like, strict. you need very strict. Yeah. So wow. that was really actually interesting to see too. Kind of unexpected. Were they also like, because I know I've been to France before and if I don't attempt to speak some type of French before I speak English, <laughs> there's going to be they some comment. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So was it like that? Because I know, I mean, I'm sure English is spoken, but um, you said there's like French is spoken a lot, German spoken a lot, mm-hmm. like several other languages. So how would the, how was that take? No, yeah. So they, I think the, I think anywhere in Europe mm-hmm. or anywhere, Europe, Asian countries, South America, Central America, wherever, yeah. it's common to know another language besides English. English yeah. So I think it was they were like, yeah, like I know some English and they're like excited. Like my host mom would love when I taught her English, right? <laughs> yeah. But she also expected me to know like two or three other languages besides that because her she took care of like this um younger girl who was like awesome. Mm-hmm. And she knew she was learning English. She's fluent in French, Italian, and was about to start taking German. Like it's just <laughs> normal and so I think I wasn't ever sometimes I was looked at crazy because I was just kind of like you loud Americans are on this train are you loud Americans are talking so like because we just naturally talk louder than in Switzerland they talk super soft (laughs) and like they'll be talking on the train but it's quiet okay so in America like I'm from DC right so so it's loud it's (laughs) loud there's so much going on so that was also another culture shock but it's they not like look at you crazy but they're also kind of like you only know English Mm-hmm. kind of thing it's kind yeah. of like a side eye type mm-hmm. of thing so they're kind of expecting you to approach you in French because you know this is a French some people were like that funny story we went to I was lucky enough to go to the World Cup game with my mom and my brother and um, it was the semifinals one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life <laughs> yeah. and we were trying to leave and these security guards in France haha they're funny because they were like annoyed with all of the Americans who were talking to them but weren't speaking French they're like how do you come to come to France and you don't speak French that's yeah. like crazy like they were just so irritated and I just think that's funny because it's kind of true because we're looking at them like why aren't you speaking English yeah and they're like why am I right? like, I, why am I not speaking English yeah. and so that's just kind of like a self-check when you, you're abroad or anywhere else yeah. it's kind of like you yeah. kind of have to not figure it out, but basically, because they're going to look at you kind of like, why yeah. are you expecting me to know English when I'm <laughs> like, my first in. language is French. Right. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Always take, I mean, you, you came fluent in French already, kind of, and you're, yeah. you're already taking classes. But um, learn a little bit. Try some Duolingo before you go <laughs> before you go somewhere. Some du- yes. Uh, just learn like a few words just to be so like yeah yeah. <laughs> okay, so what would you say was your most memorable experience being abroad? And that could be like when you were in France or Switzerland. Hmm. I don't. I had so many memorable experiences. Oh my gosh! I would say I was breathtaking by this place called Gimmelwald, and. We took a, like two trains, a bus, and a gondola oh to get to <laughs> the top of this mountain. And it was, ju- I, I don't even know how to, it was just so breathtaking. I was speechless because even before we got to the top of the mountain, the mountains that we saw, like, to, it was just like, wow. And so I'm, you know, religious or whatever. I'm a Christian. <laughs> and so just like to see how God worked, it's just, it was just crazy. And so... I will never forget that. And I have so many pictures from there. People on my Instagram were literally like, is this real life? Because it it didn't even look real. And so I was just breathtaking. And we stayed in 
We stayed in the mountain hostel. Mm. It's literally surrounded by mountains. They had an honesty shop up there. A rest. It was just so beautiful and peaceful and quiet. And in Switzerland, they have all of these water fountains. And actually, not even just Switzerland. Some places of it too in Europe, where you can just get water and it's purified and nobody's tampering with it or paying in it or whatever. Mm. It's just water and you can yeah. just get it. And it was just that was definitely one of, I think, one of my most memorable experiences <laughs> just because of how insanely beautiful it was. I got to go to Lauterbrunn. And so yeah, I got to experience the German part of Switzerland, the French part of Switzerland, and the Italian part of Switzerland. And I just think that it was just eye-opening. It was just crazy. It was just so beautiful. Like, mm. Yeah. I love that country nice. so much. <laughs> and then, I guess on the other side, what would you say is one mistake you made during study abroad? Like something you know you'll never do again when you travel? <laughs> Hmm, one mistake I made. I think freaking out as much as I did. I think I should have trusted, I think, a little more. Because I got used to it very quickly, but I was so nervous in terms of, like, getting to the train and taking the train into Geneva and going to class. Like, where am I going? Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I'm just an overthinker like that. And I think I just needed to chill. <laughs> and then also just really take, I don't know, I think I really took it in, but maybe a little more. Like, I think sometimes... I got a little caught up in, I don't even know, but just like a lot of the time it really was like, whoa, I'm in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. But then once I got used to it, I don't, I think that whoa factor kind of went away and then it would come back. And I just wanted, I wish I had kept it like the entire time. I think I, and I also wish that I had journaled. And then another thing I wish that I, that I will never do again is call my mom as much as I did. Love you mom. (laughs) But because like every morning, so it's a six hour time difference. And so every morning I would wake up at around like eight, but it's 2 a.m. here. Yeah. And I would call her while I was walking to the train mm-hmm. and she would be like, like talking to me, but it was 2 a.m. And so I was like, yeah, I was going to stop contacting you at this time, but I'll text you later. But then, of course, when I'm going to sleep, you guys are up and around yeah. like doing your stuff during the day. So I don't know. There wasn't too much that I would never do again. I think just because the country was just so like there wasn't much that was wrong with it mm-hmm. or that I could tell. Yeah. Right. Like. From the political point of view, I it's, Switzerland's a little conservative, okay. but but um, the time that I had was just amazing, and I think that I tried my best to ensure that I was taking it all in and not being like irritated or if something was like annoying or you know even with like the research paper, like not letting that bring me down because it's like writing a research paper yeah. in Switzerland, like yeah, come on, that's a great way to look at yeah. it. Yeah, because like one of my biggest things with study abroad is like I love to travel, I just didn't like the study part mm-hmm. of study abroad. That's what but if you think that like you're doing this homework in Spain or you're doing right. this homework in Switzerland, yeah. like you feel a lot better about exactly. <laughs> doing all it's that like, work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're get through this. Yeah. Oh, also with the journaling thing you said, I used to always make fun of my best friend or our co-host Joy for because she would journal all the time, mm-hmm. like when we were doing trips when we were kids. And I'd be like, why do you need a travel journal? Yeah. Like, what's it matter? But now I definitely write everything down. Yes. Or I'm taking pictures and videos of everything and make like a photo journal or a yes. video a vlog or something. So yeah, that's a that's a good thing to do yes. when you're traveling. My next question. Oh, well, you kind of answered it. Did you travel while studying abroad? I know you said you went to France, but did you get to go to other countries in Europe or yeah. anywhere? Um, I only went to Paris. Yeah, I only went to Paris. That was just because... We only really got one long weekend just because it was a month and a half, like a month and a half. Mm -hmm. But um, Paris was phenomenal and I will be going back. I wish I had gotten to go to Italy, but um, 
we really wanted to experience like Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And I think like the friend group that I had, and I think that was really important because, you know, you want to experience the country that you're in instead of like going to that country and then just, okay, now I'm going to go to France. Cause I could have like every weekend gone to France or like, I really could have done that, but we were thinking about doing that. But then we wanted to go to like Gruyere and Gimmelwald and Lauterburn and we went to Interlock and like, there was just so many other places to go. We we went to Zurich, right? Like, Um, And Zurich is one of the most expensive cities actually in the world. It's beautiful though. Uh, We went to those, like we just really got to experience a lot of Switzerland. And I really liked that because it made me fall in love with the country even more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like had I just kind of gone to Nice or I think we could have gone to Rome or whatever, Mm -hmm. I would have maybe fallen a little more in love with France and Italy more than I did with Switzerland. And so I'm really happy that I got to travel within like the country. So now I want to transition into a few questions about what it was like being black and being in Switzerland because we talked about it's full of white people (laughs) or your your program was full of white people at least. So I guess that's my first question. So what was it like being black in Switzerland? Did you face any like discrimination or racism out there? Or was it more just like awkward, like subtle, (laughs) quiet stuff? So in terms of Switzerland, no. So Switzerland, um, the first thing they told us was that in Switzerland, they are very racially aware Mm -hmm. and they're kind of they don't ask white people where they're from in Switzerland, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. So if they see that you are of you're not white basically there people will come up to you and just be like oh where are you from and say i said i'm from the united states so be like no like where are you from and that's not like to be like rude they really want to know like where are you from and then when you tell them they're like oh like that's so cool oh my gosh like they really want to know because they want to enhance their knowledge on where other people are from. Like mm-hmm. they know that white people, okay, you probably came from Ireland, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and in my program, there was one project that not a project, but we had a uh what a th- I guess a therapist basically on call if you get homesick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then an activity she made us do was talk about where we come from. So all of the white people could pinpoint exactly where my dad's from Ireland, my mom's from Germany, whatever. My great grandparents are from freaking New Zealand, whatever. (laughs) There were three black girls. I was one. And then there were two other black girls. I could not say like I I can't trace my ancestry. (laughs) And then the other two also couldn't trace their ancestry. So all we had to say was. Well, I know that my grandmother lives in South Carolina <laughs> and uh, we had a lot to do with Jim Crow and um, Deep South, et cetera. Right. And so just completely different. Yeah. So, so different stories. Yeah. And I don't know if that hit everybody the way that it hit me because it was just kind of like, that's what your ancestors yeah. did. And then one girl, her great grandfather apparently came over on the Mayflower. Right. So I was like, okay, but, um, the fact she knew that, like, right. But it's also the fact that you know that because yeah. I don't know yeah. where, like, I don't even, I don't know if I'm Kenyan or Ghanaian. Like, I don't yeah. know. I'd have to trace that. Yeah. Whereas for them, they already know because their parents yeah. can tell them off like, like that. Yeah. We came from here and here and here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that, thought that was really interesting. Um, in terms of the people in the program, the people I was friends with, they were awesome. They were dope. I, they were Asked lots of questions because I went to an HBCU because, mm-hmm. yeah, they would go to PWIs and had yeah. no idea what that was like. What that, like, no, <laughs> yeah. they just don't know. On top of the fact that they are all in white sororities and I'm a part of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. So 
they were just kind of like, is there bidding and all this? And I was like, no. Like they just really expect you kind of to explain yourself Mm -hmm. and what it is and what's that, what's that. And I was just going to like, I'm not going to explain this to you, but you can look it up (laughs) online, right? Like, so whereas they're like, yeah, we have bid day and like my grandmother big, whatever. Like we would have revealed baskets and things like that. Like it's just so different. And it was very different in that way. But overall, I wasn't, it wasn't too, too bad at all. Like I didn't experience like racism in like a crazy way or anything like that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's actually really nice to find, like, I guess a country that's still kind of hip and like doesn't have crazy things. Cause I feel like every interview I've done, there's always been some kind of like subtle, like racist thing going on. But you know, go to Switzerland, maybe. I mean, I'm sure there's there's probably something going yeah, on there. There's probably but something going on. but I didn't. I really didn't like. There was nothing. Yeah, crazy. nothing that crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, I didn't ask this earlier, but this kind of goes to like the previous section we were talking about. But did you get to meet any locals? Are they nice? Um, did you make friends? Do you think you'll stay friends with them? <laughs> no. Yeah. So we met some really cool friends. I actually have a selfie with this guy we met. But they're so nice. Like they're just so chill. They're just kind of like relaxed. Like don't be stressed. My host mom every morning would be like, please don't stress. She would, and, she, and then if I was stressing, she would be like, why are you stressing? Yeah. Like, because they don't, they just don't, I don't know. They probably do stress, but it just doesn't come off as stress. I don't know. She was like, it's going to get done. You're going to be fine. Like chill. And that's just how everybody thinks. Thing. Like that's just how they were over there. And we would just be walking around and people would be dancing. I think all the time we saw people dancing or some type of dance or some type of live music or like once, I think like the first couple of days we were there, we saw these old couples dancing to like jazz music and it was so cute. Just like the people we met were super nice outside of like our program. They were really cool. But a lot of the people, we kind of stayed friends with like the people in our program though. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the time we didn't really make that many friends outside of like our SIT like yeah. program. But the people who we met in terms of like interactions or um, like in Lauterburn and when, uh, we were getting like Swiss army knives and stuff. The lady who was saying them to us was so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I would love to be her friend. Like she was just super dope. <laughs> she spoke English, German and French. And I was, she was just like talking to us in English, going to somebody else and talking to them in French, going to somebody else and talking to them in German. And I was just like, so (laughs) like, it was so cool just how quickly they can. And even my host mom, the way that her and her friends would switch from French to Italian and like a fluid, just like super, it was nuts. I was sitting there like, whoa, it was, it was just crazy. I was like, wait, that's Italian. I was like shocked. It was crazy. So in that way, I think the people, like everybody in, not everybody in Switzerland, I don't know everybody in Switzerland, but a lot of the people who I met were just super dope just because it was just like, you guys are so funny and chill and you just want to learn more and experience more. And I just loved it. Definitely. I, um, yeah, no, I definitely, um, would love to learn all these languages (laughs) and be in that type of environment. It sounds wonderful. So we're kind of like getting to the closing point of the episode. So we just want to wrap up with a few words of advice for the audience. So what advice would you give to anyone looking to study or just visit Switzerland? For Switzerland, I would say definitely go with an open mind. Just take everything in because the country is seriously stunning. Lake Geneva, across from Lake Geneva is the French mountains. Like, and then next thing you know, you turn your head to the left, there's a Swiss Alps. Like, <laughs> it's just such a stunning and beautiful country. It's super clean. The people there are nice. Like, didn't really experience anything crazy. Switzerland, for sure. Like, you just have to get a taste of the food. Like, experience the culture. Definitely travel within Switzerland if you go. And then also, just for studying abroad in general, I would say just have no expectations. Um, and then also, don't go in, like, you don't go to a different country 
country to make it like America. And I think that's something that I really took in when my teacher said it, because I was like, "Mm, that's true. Like a lot of the time we'll be like, well, this isn't like, you know, like America, but it's not supposed to be. And so you just have to really go in with an open mind and just kind of really allow yourself to be in that country and like immerse yourself into that culture and um, experience everything that that country has to offer. I think that's so important. And just have like the time of your life. I think also something that's not talked about a lot is like the homesick aspect. Because I'm saying like how much fun I had because I really did. But I was also like really homesick for a minute. Like I missed, (laughs) I mean, like crazy. I was like, okay, this is a lot. Like I want to go home. Like, oh my goodness. Like I'm missing my friends. It's the summertime. What am I doing? And that really does happen to, I think, everyone. That's just not something we talk about. And like the struggles of trying to even, you know, assimilate into a different culture at first. Because you're nervous. You're scared. you like... I don't know the train system. I don't know this. Like, where am I going? Because it's so, so different. It's not like going (laughs) to another state different. It's like a completely different everything. And so, um, but even with that, you just have to remember to, like I said, like I had to calm down. You just have to breathe, relax, and just enjoy all of it because it's such an amazing experience to have and to like even talk about. And so, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Like with travel, I feel like on social media and even in this podcast, sometimes we always make it sound like it's going to be this great, wonderful yeah. thing, which it is a great, it wonderful is, thing, yeah. but things will go wrong. Like <laughs> I can promise you that something goes wrong on almost every trip I go on. So, and especially if you're going to be somewhere for so long, like yeah. a whole summer or a semester or whatever, like something's going to go wrong. You're going to get homesick. So right. be prepared for that, but don't, yes. let, yeah. but don't, don't let, let it ruin, ruin you. Them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess my last question. So why do you think it's important for Black women to travel? We talk about it all the time. This Mm -hmm. podcast is made for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So why do you think we should be out here? Oh, there's so many reasons why Black women (laughs) need to travel. I mean, my goodness. We just need, it's just about that experience. Like, And I keep saying experience because it is something that you can never even like imagine that you could have even gotten to that place, right? And so I think uh, the first time I even ever went actually outside of the country was high school. Well, okay, that's a lie. Okay, let me. Where I went to Europe was high school. I was to Scotland and London. And a lot of people aren't expecting a black woman or a black man who, like, yeah, whatever, to say yeah. that you've been to a European country because a lot of the time we get stuck where we are. Yeah. And so it's just so, like, for black women specifically, we are at the, I mean, bottom of the bottom is totem pole. We just, are out here trying to climb and climb and climb and they try and knock us down, but we always rise and we go up and up and up. And it's kind of like, almost like I'm schooling you in a way like, oh, well, I've been here. Oh, me too. Where'd you go? And <laughs> I think it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, like you've, even, even like other people at Hampton, people were like, oh my God, like you went to Switzerland? And, and I'm just like, yeah, I went to Switzerland. And so it's just important for us because I think like women, we always seek knowledge. We always seek to know something else. We're always seeking to, you know, ensure that we're not the only ones. We want to come up, but we also always end up bringing others up with us. And I think the best way to do that is also to go abroad and experience other cultures. I think something I also really want to do is go to India and, you know, talk to brown girls about periods and things like that, because it's also just about us being able to bring the knowledge of what we have from here and what we've experienced here and really take it elsewhere and be able to talk to other girls and African-American women about that in other countries. And I think that's so important. And so I think it's really imperative that we travel, which is why money shouldn't be an issue. Like it, 
if where there's a will, there's a way. And so we need to get out there and travel more. Yes, you are preaching to the choir. <laughs> preaching to the choir. But no, that was, I agree 100% with everything you just said. We definitely do need to be out here. Um, the India trip thing, it sounds really nice. I have, I have plans to actually go to India over mm-hmm. spring break with Illy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if she, I don't know if she talked about she it with talking you. about it, yeah. Yeah, and of course, like the whole coronavirus thing kind of ruined that. Yeah. But we'll get out there one day. <laughs> we'll get yeah, out there one really day. Yeah. Actually. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Amon, for being so here with us. If you guys were interested in this episode and really have been to Switzerland or want to go to Switzerland, um, share your stories on Instagram with us. Tag at Melanin and Miles. And also, we do have our merch available on the website now. Go on melaninandmiles.com slash shop where you can get a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, a hat, <laughs> a sticker, a laptop case, literally whatever you want when you travel. It's there. So go ahead and support the podcast. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribed to receive new episodes every Tuesday and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We also love to talk to you guys on social media. So share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram stories tagging at Melanin and Miles to start chatting with us.